Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Um, how's everyone doing? Good, good. Nice to see you all this morning. It's awesome. I'm excited. Do you know, I'm, I'm expectant for this morning. I'm, I'm really expectant and there's a little part of me that is like, in this point this morning where I'm like, okay, God, I know that you're going to move because uh, you know when there's a little bit of opposition in the week, you kind of like, there's a sense of like, okay, God, I know that there's going to be something significant happening on a Sunday. Uh, who's felt that before? Yeah. Yep. I, uh, this week for my family, it was one of those crazy weeks. We've kind of emerged from this black hole of sickness. It wasn't pretty. Uh, it's, we're good now. So, you know, we're, we're over the point of being contagious to anybody else, which is nice. Uh, but it was crazy. We had Timo's first birthday, which was awesome. Uh, but we were just about to celebrate it. And then Josh puked all over the floor. Uh, so, you know, it's like that parenting laugh, right? So today's going to be good, right? <laughs> I'm believing for a significant week and Uh, This week is going to be awesome. We've got our volunteers celebration on Monday, uh, and then we're going to be starting our fast, Uh, and uh, it's really exciting. Uh, For those of you, who's who's fasted before? Who's who's going to be their first time fasting this week? Awesome. Exciting to see a few hands. Uh, Our fast coming up is really awesome, and uh, fasting is a really significant thing, and it talks a lot in the Bible about fasting, and uh, you know, when we pray, uh, there's things uh, that Jesus says that can be moved by prayer, but there's things where prayer and fasting combined uh, really sees a shift in things. And that's what we're believing for this week, uh, that as we pray and as we fast, that actually things that you've been believing for, things that we're believing as a church for, uh, where there's been things maybe that you haven't seen uh, the shift that you wanted to, or maybe where you're saying, okay, God, I want uh, to believe for something significant to happen in this area, uh, that this is the week that we're going to uh, press into God and believe together as a church. And it's leading up to our All Out Sunday. Uh, All Out Sunday is exciting. We, we do All Out Sunday to have a celebration together, but also to invite people. We go all out. We want everyone to come out because we want it to be a Sunday where we're all together, uh, but where we bring friends and family as well. And so if you've never done fasting, there's different things that you can choose. You can choose a Daniel fast, uh, which is kind of like no meat and no dairy products. Uh, It's from Daniel in the Bible. He did this fast, and it's a really good one to choose. You can search it online if you're not sure what to eat, what not to eat, those kind of things. You can do a full fast. Uh, You can do a partial fast. You can do a liquid fast. Uh, You can do a technology fast. Maybe uh, this week, actually, in order to press in more to God, fasting from social media is a really good thing uh, for you. So just make a decision. If you've never done fasting before, maybe don't start with a full fast. Uh, Ease yourself into it. You know, it's good. I I would recommend this. This is my problem. We used to do uh, 21 days of fasting. So we're just doing six days of fasting uh, this time. But I used to get really caught up on the food part of it, like what I couldn't eat, what I could eat. I'd spend like three hours making crackers that I could eat because they were perfectly Daniel Fast friendly and then they tasted disgusting and so I never wanted to eat them, right? But sometimes in fasting you can get a little bit caught up in the, like the food aspect of it. But it's about making a decision to forego things in order to remind us and to focus our attention on God. And so I'd say, yeah, do the the food part, but don't let it distract you from the prayer part. Make that your focus. Make that the thing this week uh, that you're believing for. And and if you're... uh 
Maybe you've got personal things. You're believing for things that you'd like to see change. Uh, uh, there's lots of people I've been talking to who really need breakthrough with jobs. And as a house, we've really had favor in jobs uh, over the span of our time as a church. And it's really awesome. And this week I was encouraged, oh, well, recently been encouraged by a few significant testimonies of jobs. And I asked the people if I could share them this morning because I think, man, God has done it an amazing way for these guys. And so I'm believing that if you're needing a job and you're needing a breakthrough with your work, uh, that God will do it again for you as well. And so the first one is Valerie. Uh, she's been believing God for a job. And we've been praying as an e-group, uh, believing for a significant job and you know she's had to go through a period of, of frustration I guess challenge of believing okay God I, I've got all these skills I've, I'm, I'm a talented person but actually I'm not seeing the breakthrough uh, that I'm believing you for and we were praying uh, for a job not just kind of a, a, an, a just a any old job, but actually a job uh, that would be over and above uh, her expectation. And a really cool, she shared a testimony a couple of weeks ago in our e-group that uh, she got this awesome job, and then they said, you can have Sunday and Monday off. And then they said to her, hey, you can also start a little bit later on a Thursday, so you can still come to e-group, uh, which is pretty incredible. And so we're believing that's awesome. So why don't you give God a praise for um, her job? And the second person is Joel up here, and uh, he has uh, also been having some challenges with his job. They came to him and said, hey, actually, we're, uh, we're making you redundant. Your position is no longer available. And, and he was like, okay, God, I'm believing uh, actually for breakthrough in this. And so he went into a time of uh, fasting as well, uh, believing, and we were praying as a church with him too. Uh, and what's been awesome is that they, they saw the integrity with which he conducted himself during the period of uh, challenge in that, and they've come back to him and said, hey, we'd actually like to offer you a different role. And where you were involved in leading a few people, actually we'd like to give you some more people uh, to oversee. Uh, and so for him, it's just been an incredible testimony. And he gives glory to God. So... If that's you this week, uh, then maybe that's the area that you're believing for breakthrough. Uh, maybe you can stand together with the people who right now are believing for breakthrough with their jobs. Uh, there's other areas for health. Uh, as a church, I know lots of the young families uh, have had real challenges with sickness and things like that. So we're believing for a real breakthrough in health, uh, for the health of our congregation. Uh, we're believing for restored relationships, that families will be restored, uh, that whole households will come to know God. We've had that before in significant services where whole families have been saved on a Sunday. And I'm saying, God, I'm believing that you'll do that again that actually we'll see those things happen. Uh, we're believing for uh, All Out Sunday and the Gospel Night. It's going to be a significant service, an amazing time uh, to connect with people for our carol services leading into Christmas. All the really awesome opportunities that we have to invite people. Uh, the significant Sundays across summer. You know, we're believing for salvation in those times. And so uh, we'd really love you to join with us in praying for these things this week. Uh, we're also believing for Heart Week, and Heart Week is something we do across uh, the Equippers churches in New Zealand, and Heart Week is, uh, is where we kind of reach out into our community specifically, and we uh, do something really intentionally. We do that every day of the week in our different spaces, but as a church, we're going to come together, and we'd like to create uh, some gift baskets to give to our value families. Uh, we know that there are people that we've already got connection and relationship. And so uh, in the week leading up to Christmas, what we're hoping to do is uh, to gather together a whole lot of gift baskets so we can bless the families in the lead up to Christmas. And uh, you'll hear more information about that, but I wanted to give you a little taster because uh, it's exciting that there's things to come. 
Uh, but those are things that you can be praying for this week. Uh, I'd really encourage you, if you've never fasted before, have a go. Make a decision. Maybe fast one meal. Maybe make a decision. I'm just going to take out a few things uh, from my diet this week. Uh, maybe it's just treats. Right? I know that treats is one of those things that I'm going to be foregoing this week. Uh, and maybe that's the thing that actually for you, just making a first step. Um, but I believe God honors our faith as we trust in him, as we step out in faith. Uh, that we're believing for these things. And so if there's things, uh, we're believing for breakthrough uh, with people's health. So if there's areas where you uh, get a testimony this week, we'd love to be able to share those in the weeks to come. So uh, as you go on this journey, why don't you share it with your e-group, share what you're doing, uh, talk about what you're fasting and believing for, uh, and then come back and tell us if you get an awesome, significant testimony at the end of, end of it. Is that good? Yeah? Cool. All right. Uh, so we've started a series about glory. Uh, and two weeks ago, Pastor Tico started the series. Uh, he talked about the glory of the house. And uh, for many of you, you remember, he talked about, you know, that uh, the church has had these uh, period where there was beautiful places built. Uh, and sometimes it feels a little bit like those places are uninhabited, but uh, that the glory of the house has been lost. Uh, but he was saying, hey, actually, no, that's not true, uh, that our best days as a church is yet to come. That as a family, as a believers, as a, a community of believers, that actually uh, we're pressing in to believe that the glory of the Lord on the house will be something that will be revealed in, in a new way. And I love uh, that we're believing that. We're not believing, hey, actually, and the church is dying, because I don't think that's true. You just have to look at all our... Uh, the, Kids Takeover to know uh, that that's totally not the case. Uh, I reckon Kids Takeover is probably my favorite Sunday of the year. It's awesome. Who was there last Sunday? Like there's the cute factor, which is awesome. I, like, I think that's always nice. But so much more than that, hearing the powerful words. I loved Shiloh's sermon. He was just so powerful, you know, and such a simplicity, but such a profoundness uh, in it. And I, I love that, watching our kids lead us in worship, watching our kids host, understanding, pray for people. I know that, man, that, that their relationship with God is on fire, and that inspires me as well as a mum, uh, as a um, just a person in our house to believe, man, God, there's so many significant things that you're doing. And we get to be a part of that this morning. And I wanted to take you on a bit of a journey because uh, today I'm talking about the glory in us. And I wanted to, to go with you. And so come with me on the journey, right? Uh, can you do that this morning? Um, I wanted to look at, in the Bible, the different places that God's presence dwelt. And maybe if you've been a believer for a while, this is uh, not new information for you. But for some of us, this might be the first time that you've ever really heard about it. Uh, but when we look at uh, the, uh, the presence of God, the first place uh, that we encounter the, um, God's presence is in uh, the Bible, is really in the tabernacle. So he initially is in the garden with um, Adam and Eve, but uh, the place where he comes and he uh, encounters um, someone is, is where, uh, in, at the foot of Mount Sinai. So in Exodus 19, uh, the people of Israel have just left Egypt uh, and they've come out. Uh, and they're coming to a place, and they're at the foot of Mount Sinai, and uh, God comes, and he meets Moses. And in Exodus 19, uh, verse 3 to 6, it says this, Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear, before, to appear before God. The Lord called him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. 
You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is a message you must give to the people of Israel. See, he's saying, if you keep the covenant, uh, the agreement between us, uh, that I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So he wants to set them apart as a people for himself. And God comes in, in a powerful storm. He comes with rushing wind. He comes uh, with trumpets blazing. He comes with fire. And, and the people of Israel are fearful. So they don't want to speak to God. And so they're kind of like, oh, oh, okay, Moses, you go, just go on our behalf, you know? God, God wanted to appear to them all, but because they're afraid, they say, okay, Moses, you go, you go. And so Moses goes up onto the mountain, and they stand far off. And they watch Moses up there, and Moses mediates as a priest for the people. He mediates on behalf of the people before God. But God's desire was that they would be all a kingdom of priests, that each one of them uh, would be someone who could encounter him. And so he understands, okay, well, the people are, are afraid to come to me, so I'm going to come and I'll, my presence will dwell amongst them. And so he uh, asks them to build a tabernacle. And what he does is God gives instructions for the specifications of what the tabernacle is going to look like. So he tells Moses what to do and how to build, what it's made of, and uh, where to put the different things. And he uh, creates a, ta a tabernacle, and it, it says in Exodus 40, verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So he, uh, they build this thing called the Ark of the Covenants, and the presence of God comes and dwells there uh, within the tabernacle. And see, the presence of God now has a resting place among the people in a tangible way. And there's, there's really strict instructions on who can come into the tent of meeting. There's things they tie a rope around the legs of the priest because if they uh, go in there and they die, then they don't want to send somebody else in there. So they just kind of drag the body out by his leg. Uh, and so they're really aware of this. But so they're in awe of the presence of God. But God is with them. In, in a physical sense. And initially, Moses is the only one who experiences the presence of God, the glory of God. But slowly, as time goes on, other people start to seek relationship with God. And uh, in Leviticus, we read about uh, the ordination of Aaron, who's Moses' brother, uh, and his family as priests. And so in Leviticus 9, uh, it says this, After that, Aaron raised his hands toward the people and blessed them. Then after presenting the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering, he stepped down from the altar. Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle, and when they came back, they blessed the people again, and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell down on the ground. See, the people... And says, the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. So initially, Moses is the one who sees the glory of the Lord. He, he, he's overwhelmed by it and he comes down. And then uh, as uh, people are coming, then the Lord accepts Aaron's offering. 
and the glory of the Lord appears uh, and comes and consumes. And so the presence is then experienced by the Levites, which was uh, the family of Aaron. And they become the priests on behalf of the people of Israel. Uh, so they're the ones who go into the, uh, the tabernacle. But God's desire uh, from Exodus is for an entire kingdom of priests. So an entire kingdom. And, and uh, really they're starting to kind of head towards that. But actually still only a small group of people get to experience the presence of God. And God's desire is that whole nations would be touched. Whole nations would know him, that actually uh, that, that there would be so much more than just a small group of people who get to encounter his presence, who uh, get to see his glory. And uh, so at first, it's just the tabernacle. So we've got Moses and we've got the Levites in the Old Testament. And then as the Old Testament continues, uh, the second place uh, is the temple. Now we skip forward a little bit uh, through the life of David and we come to the life of Solomon, David's son. And uh, Solomon has this desire to build a temple for the name of the Lord. Uh, because he's now at peace with his enemies. He's gone through a period and David was fighting his enemies, but God had given him instructions for building this temple. And he said, hey, your son Solomon's going to do it. Uh, and so in Kings 1, uh, 1 Kings chapter 5, we see this. You know my father David was not able to build the temple to honor the name of the Lord his God because of the many wars waged against him by the surrounding nations. He could not build until the Lord gave him victory over all his enemies. But now the Lord my God has given me peace on every side. I have no enemies and all is well. So I am planning to build a temple to honor the name of the, God, uh, of the Lord my God just as he instructed my father. Uh, so he sets to work. And if you read uh, in First Kings, he, he writes letters, he asks people for uh, different things, he gets wood and, and different precious metals, and uh, he sets about building a temple, and it becomes a place uh, that's just magnificent. And uh, when Solomon's finished the temple, the priests bring the Ark of the Covenant uh, from the tabernacle into uh, the temple and uh, the most holy place. And in Second Chronicles 7, it says, When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So first of all, we have the tabernacle. And the presence of the Lord comes and the glory of the Lord is there. And then we move uh, later on to the temple. Uh, the temple in Jerusalem, and the presence of God is in one place, but it's not yet the, the promise that we read in Exodus about a kingdom of priests, that actually it's a step in the right direction, but we're still not at the point uh, where we have a kingdom of priests. And the, the people of Israel hope, okay, uh, that the presence of God will remain uh, in the temple uh, that, that they've built, uh, but Unfortunately, if you read uh, about the, the history of the Israelites, uh, they go through these cycles where they turn away from God and they follow other idols and they intermarry with other religions. And what happens is they start kind of idolatry and they injustice. And in the end, uh, that actually God purposes that the, the temple is destroyed. Uh, and if you want to read, read the book of 1 Kings and 2 Kings, it gives you a, an understanding of what happened. And so uh, they get in, put in exile. Uh, other 
kingdoms come and overthrow them and they get taken away and the, the temple gets destroyed, it gets damaged. And so uh, for a long time, the people of God don't have uh, this place, this temple, uh, and many of them are, are in exile in different locations. Uh, and it's a long time that they're in exile and, and slowly they start to come back. Uh, slowly they come back and God stirs the heart of uh, different people to, to rebuild the temple. If you read uh, the book of Nehemiah, then you'll hear about how his heart, he's living in a far off land and his heart is to restore the temple. And so uh, he comes back and he gathers people and he makes uh, a plan of what he's going to do and he, he gets people on board with uh, the restoring of the temple. But uh, the purpose was to reunite God with his people. See, God uh, wasn't gone, but the people had turned away. And so there was this a time where they reunited again with the people. But the fullness of what God was wanting has still not been realized. And so as we continue to read into the Old Testament, we read about these uh, prophets who have this, this idea that actually something different is going to happen. That something different is going to happen. It's not going to just be a physical building in one place uh, that the presence of God will be, but actually that the presence of God will dwell in people. And this is a radical idea, something completely different from what they've experienced. And so first we have the tabernacle. We have this place and it moves around where they go. And then we have uh, the temple, a place in Jerusalem where the people come and it gets rebuilt over time. But uh, that's not the fullness of it. And then uh, as we come to the New Testament, we see that Jesus comes. You know, and, and, and we, know, we, we know about Jesus. We know that he wasn't what they were expecting. Uh, but he comes and it talks in First uh, John, John about uh, Jesus is called the radiance of God, the glory of God. And he dwells with the people. He comes and he dwells. In John 1.14, it says this, And so the living expression became a man and lived among us. And we gazed upon the splendor of his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. See, Jesus was the divine, glorious presence of God in physical person. This is the fulfillment in, in Isaiah 7, uh, verse 14. It talks about God with us. The word Emmanuel means God with us. And he's among us in human form. And so he's both man and God. And he's uh, two in one. And so we uh, know that he's uh, with us. And uh, in Greek and Aramaic, the, the words actually read, uh, he pitched his tent among us. And this kind of takes us back to Exodus where it talks about uh, God came down and lived in the tent or the tabernacle with the people. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He comes and he dwells with the people. Uh, but just before he, he dies and he goes to heaven uh, and he's betrayed, he teaches his followers about the Holy Spirit. In John 16, verse 7, it says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper or the advocate will not come to you. But I will go and I will send him to you. See, Jesus says, hey, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come than for me to stay. Because I can be in one place, but actually the Holy Spirit can be with believers everywhere. See, in Acts uh, 1, verse 6 to 9, Jesus is enthroned over heaven. And yeah, he goes, but he says, hey, before I go, 
that actually what's going to happen is that you'll receive power and you'll be filled with this power and you're going to be my messengers. You're going to be my messengers to Jerusalem and to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Uh, Even to the remotest places on earth, right? When I think of that, I always think of New Zealand, you know. I'm like, come on. (laughs) And right after he speaks these words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted into the sky and disappearing into a cloud. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, now God's presence is for all people. When they're there and they receive the Holy Spirit, it's not just simply for a few And see, the Lord's dwelling with his people and he's making them a kingdom of priests. It's the fulfillment of what it says uh, in uh, Exodus. And in Colossians 1, 26 to 29, it says this. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. I love that. Who floods you uh, with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure, chest of hope filled with riches, with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. I love that such a powerful verse that talks about the fact that we have an expectation of glory, that we're his people and God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we experience the right now, the mysteries, uh, the glorious riches of this mysteries. Uh, But we have the hope of glory in the future. That when we go to heaven, we get to be with God and the hope of glory is there. Tim, why don't you guys come? That would be awesome. The thing is this, right? I read that verse and then I think about myself. Uh, I I don't know about you, but when you live with yourself, you're quite aware of your imperfections. (laughs) Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it only takes kind of one testing week to really realize like the fact that really you're not perfect and there's so many things you need to work on. Yeah, anyone else? Yeah, I think parenting is a really good magnifier. But actually we're aware of the imperfections of ourselves. We're aware of the things and and we look at the beauty of the tabernacle. We read in the word the beauty of the tabernacle, how God designed it, the way that he made it, the, the intricacy of it. And then we look at the temple and the way that Solomon built it, the things that he did, the, the incredible way that it was made. And then we look at us. We look at ourselves. And, and the thought that God uh, would consider to choose to dwell in us, I don't know about you, but sometimes that feels a bit overwhelming that sense that actually, God, you're choosing me to be the place where your presence dwells. That you're choosing me to, to see your glory. 
that actually when I come into relationship with you, uh, that, I, that I get to be the place where your presence lives. And, and I love that God chooses ordinary people in the Bible. It's quite encouraging, right? Because when you read the stories of different people that he uses, you realize, man, they were like, there was stuff in their lives that they didn't do that was perfect, and it gives me hope. It's like, phew, right? I like to try and do my best, but in the end, I'm never going to measure up. And, and that's the situation that we're in right now, that we are ordinary people. And the, the profoundness of the series that we're doing is the fact that God's glory dwells in us, that we get to see the hope of glory in the future. We get to see the glory of God in time to come, but we are, we are His people. We're the place where He chooses to dwell. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 and 7 says this, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And I read that again. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We ha now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. I love it that God knows that we're imperfect. I, I, when I was preparing for this message, I, I got this, this picture. Of like, you, you imagine a clay jar, and what happens in life is stuff comes, right, and it gets damaged. You know, you have an altercation with someone or something happens, someone hurts you, something goes on in your life. And, and, and in the end, we're left looking at ourselves and we're kind of like, God, I don't, I don't know if I want this to, to, to show you this. I, I don't know if I want to show you the fullness of who I am, God, because I know that there's some parts in there that aren't pretty. Right? When, I'm, when the juice the squeeze is really on, like I'd like to say that what comes out is all like whew, nice stuff, right? The fruit of the Spirit. But there's moments when frustration comes out or, or things come out. And, and, and actually, often we look at ourselves and we discount ourselves because we say, oh, God, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm so aware of my imperfectness. But God chooses to use us. And that's what makes it powerful is it's not about what we look like. It's not about that. It's about the fact that God shines in us and that as He shines out of us, the glory of God is revealed. The Holy Spirit living in us, the Holy Spirit working through us, the Holy Spirit uh, revealing Himself through our lives, through our imperfections, through the good things we do, but also the challenging things that come. That actually that's when the glory of God is revealed. And, and it says in the verse... Uh, um, that we read in Colossians, that we work to mature ourselves, to become mature as believers. And that's really important, to fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit, to connect with God so that actually there's so full of, of God that it overflows, that those areas of, of dryness, those areas actually are, are ministered to by the Holy Spirit and that what comes out is, is Him in our world. See, He chooses to dwell, to dwell in us for His glory to, to reside. But we also get the hope of glory when we meet with Him in heaven. 
I love that thought that He's with us now, but there's also hope for the future. See, He's glorified in this. And in in Exodus 19, it says, Now if you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to you and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This message you must give to the people of of Israel. And sometimes we can get caught up on that word priests. Like, if you imagine the word, if, if you think the word priest, instantly you think Catholic Church, right? Man, mitre hat, kind of white flowing robe, right? Who thinks that? That's what I think of instantly. But, but actually, we can get caught up on that. If you think about it, like we're ministers. You're equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. We're saints. We're the people of God. And that He's equipped us. That's, that's our name. That's who we are that we're equipped for the work of ministry. And actually his desire is that that we become part of his holy family, that when we respond in a salvation opportunity, that actually we get to be a part of this glorious family, this holy people, this kingdom of priests that he desires to impact the world through. And this morning, it's, it's a real simple thought. But the glory of God living in us and the hope of glory that we have to come. And we're empowered to be ministers in our world. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. I love that, you know, there's stuff that I can do, but in the end, when I come to the end of myself, and even before that, that actually God gives me the strength to do the things that He asks that He gives us the strength. He says, I don't actually want you to struggle, 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 struggle on your own. I want you to come to me. I want you to use the strength that I've given you, the glory that I've given you to be able to reach into your world and make a difference. I want you to be the glory that shines uh, out to the world. I want you uh, to be the one that, that, that brings my glory to other people. Living within you is Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people. And God wants everyone to know it. It's beautiful, eh? That thought, the treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people. We're His people. And this morning, maybe uh, just where you're at, you actually recognize that you're, you're not in relationship with God. You've never accepted this invitation. And what's amazing is that you can see right from the beginning of time, God's plan was to be reunited with His people, with you. And that the whole idea of, you know, before when the fall happened, that He, it wasn't like, whoa, okay, I don't know what I'm gonna do now, or just kind of, he actually had a plan to reunite us to himself. And then that was in sending Jesus. And so when we come, we get to be in relationship with him. We get the expectation of glory. We get to understand the mystery of the true riches of heaven. And maybe this morning, just where you are, if you wanna close your eyes. You recognize, I'm not in relationship with God. 
I've never made a decision to accept the gift of salvation that he's offering me this morning. Or uh, maybe, you know, you're just recognizing, hey, actually, I, I don't have a relationship with God. You know, I'm not in a place of, of connection with him this morning. And uh, we don't want you to leave this place without an opportunity to respond. And so just where you are right now, if that's you and you're saying, actually, today's the day I want something to be different. I want to be in relationship with this Jesus I've heard about. I, I want to accept the gift that he's given me. If, if that's you this morning, I just love you to invite you to raise your hand and I'll see it. We're going to pray together. Is there anyone here this morning who'd like to do that? Maybe you've done that in the past and you recognize that, hey, actually, God, I've walked away, but today I want to come back into relationship with you this morning. Maybe that's you. You can raise your hand as well and I'll see it. We'd love to pray together. give you a couple more moments. You can open your eyes again. This morning, you know, when we look at our lives, maybe you see just broken pieces. Maybe you're really aware of of the the brokenness and and actually uh, that that when you're recognising it, that the, the fact that the, the truth that God is in you and shining out through you is something that over time life has kind of uh, caused you to forget. Or, or maybe it's something that actually the things that have happened in life mean that when you think about the fact of uh, Jesus working through you, that it's not something that really resonates because you're like, God, I, I don't know. If you actually knew the inner me, then the fact that you would shine through me this morning, I, I'm believing for a shift. I'm believing that where the devil has come in to, uh, to take people in and to uh, cause you to believe a lie that you're not worthy of the presence of God or that actually the things that have happened in your life mean that God wouldn't shine through you. This morning, I'm believing uh, that God is going to break that this morning and that actually you're going to understand that He is in you and He's shining out to you. Uh, and I wanted to, uh, to just tell you about a little something I saw I'm going to say it wrong probably, but there's this Japanese art form called Kintsugi. Has anyone kind of heard of this? Maybe you've seen it before. And what they do is they take uh, broken pottery and they use a special resin combined with gold and they, they bind it back together as a picture uh, of what they do. And, and I was struck by this because actually the imperfections are magnificent. Right? The way it comes, it shows you that it's, it's beauty coming out. And, and I think whilst a physical thing can't represent the fullness of what God does when He shines through us, that there's something in this, for me, that's like, man, God, actually, the, each one is different because of the way it breaks and the way it's bound back together, because of the imperfections, the knocks that it has, that no one is the same. But actually the shining of the, the gold out makes it beautiful, makes it worthy of, uh, of looking at. And I think that's the same with our life. God is glorified in our humanity. That God is glorified in our brokenness. That God's glorified in our imperfection. But He doesn't want us to stay in a place where we're just like, oh God, I'm, I'm broken. And I don't know if you could use me. Actually, He wants us to be people that reach out 
that in our brokenness, in our humanity, we understand that, but we're not caught thinking, oh, well, God, you wouldn't want to use me. But actually, He's like, I've caused you to reach your world. I'm, you're the plan that I've got. You're my kingdom of priests. You're the ministers uh, that I've got this morning. And this morning, I'm believing that something's going to shift. So why don't you stand with me? See, we get to experience one day the fullness of God's glory. But in the meantime, you know, we're encountering and we are in relationship with a God who desires to work through us. And I'd love, we're going to sing a worship song. And just where you are, maybe right now in this moment, you just need to connect with God. And and if this morning you recognise, hey, That actually over time, that God, you working in me, that the fullness of that, I don't think I truly believe that. This morning, I believe God wants to speak with us. I believe uh, that as we pray, that He's going to reveal the plans and purposes that He has for you. That this morning, He's going to fill you uh, so that when you go into your week, that there's an overflow into your life that actually there's something of the kingdom that goes and the glory of our brokenness and the glory of who we are, just every bit as us working towards being more like Jesus, that the fullness of that will radiate God's glory into the world. And so this morning as we worship, if you'd like to come down, we'd love uh, for our team to be able to pray with you this morning. And maybe uh, right now you're recognising, God, I wanna know you in a fresh way. If that's you, why don't you come as well? I wanna see you differently, God. I wanna know you, uh, Lord, right now in this moment. I wanna see your face. I wanna encounter you in a fresh way this morning, God. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.